the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. And it's welcome back to the audience, obviously, from the top of the hour news break, but also welcome back to my crew in studio, Hugh Holman and Lewis Holman. It has been a long time since we've had you both here. Hugh Holman, welcome back. I want to hear about your trip. I want to hear what you learned, and I want to get into a lot of public policy with the two of you. I hope that doesn't bore everybody listening. I want to um, I want to start with COVID, though. But you were in Kazakhstan, and, and uh, you learned a lot, obviously, as you do every trip over there. And uh, you bring back some interesting intel. So we'll get to that, too, your thoughts on Russia, Ukraine, thoughts on the economy, you and Lewis's. Uh, we started doing this thing uh, almost two years ago, almost to the date two years ago, isn't it? And yep. Uh, yep. it was born by the COVID, uh, the, uh, the, the COVID nonsense. Uh, so we kind of try and start with something about covid and then move on and pivot rather quickly but and it will be very quickly yeah, this time right i ahead. just have two points to make yeah. uh that it is now time for accountability for people who were in policy positions who refused to look at data and now that the data is very clear uh we need to start holding them accountable we have elections coming up and think about the folks who refuse to uh, uh, take thoughtful uh, moments to consider the data, to make good determinations about what's good policy, how to balance uh, health with uh, the health care results that result from destroying the economy, uh, the health bad health outcomes that result from closing schools, uh, and instead only focusing on one dynamic. That is, gee whiz, people should stay at home. We can't have COVID-19 uh, destroying the universe. And here's the point I'm going to make on that specific data. Uh, the worst uh, day uh, for COVID patients and the grave fear we had that we had too few hospital beds in our state occurred on January 25th, 2022, with inpatient beds in our hospitals. There were only 5% of those hospital beds uh, empty. There were 463 empty beds, and we had fear-mongering going on in the press. Today, there are only 620 empty beds, 157 more, but still only 7% of our inpatient beds are empty. You know how many patients of those folks in our hospitals are COVID patients? 429, 5% of all hospital beds have COVID patients in it. 88% are non-COVID patients, keeping in mind that everybody who goes into a hospital is tested. You go in for hip surgery and you test positive for COVID, you're now tagged as a COVID patient because the hospital gets more money. That is to say that there are no alarm bells ringing when we have only 7% of our inpatient beds empty. We should be in terror, in fear. Our hospital employees should be exhausted from the fact that we have only 7% of our hospital beds empty. And yet there are no headlines unless the beds are filled with COVID patients. And when you have only 429 COVID patients in beds throughout the entire state of Arizona and you still have only 7% of your hospital beds empty, 
Why were we panicking in the first place? Yeah, it doesn't matter now. Why did it matter then kind of point? Correct. It's ridiculous. And it's a the, very privileged disease. That's why. That's I mean, that's exactly the answer. Right. COVID is an important disease. disease. So that would be the point that the big takeaway is for two years or 18, 19 months, nearly 22 months, we had craziness. And the only reason we've stopped paying attention to COVID is not only have the numbers collapsed, not because of the health interventions that took place, but because the disease, as is typical of diseases, made its way through the population. We'll probably see different kinds of spikes as variants occur. But in fact, the president of Ukraine cured us of COVID or at least our COVID crazy. And that is to say, we now understand there are real issues in the world that need to be dealt with. And uh, for Kazakhstanis, it's a good thing that uh, Vladimir Putin decided to invade uh, Ukraine rather than Kazakhstan because Ukraine's European and the Europeans cared about it. So the West cares about it. And we paid attention to it. Had uh, Vladimir Putin reversed the order of operations and undertaken his invasion of U- of Kazakhstan, the largest uh, uh, border between two countries in the world is Kazakhstan and Russia. And Kazakhstan has massive oil wealth, massive uh, rare earth minerals, massive general minerals, and only 18 million people, a huge country, a great, uh, a great place for growing grains. Uh, but Vlad decided he needed to go after Ukraine first. He was making exactly the same noises about Kazakhstan as he made about Ukraine, uh, that it's a historic accident, it's not a real country and doesn't deserve to exist. But Vladimir planned to go after Ukraine first, did go after Ukraine ultimately, and but for that choice of order, we would now have Kazakhstan in Russian's hands and we'd be uh, seeing Russia going after uh, Ukraine. The the I, I have many friends and colleagues in Kiev uh, and Kharkov. Uh, those are the Russian pronunciations because that's where my background is, is in the Russian speaking portion of effort. Our projects in Ukraine fell apart early on because the Russians were not going to put up with uh, having Western philosophy and liberal concepts taught there. And so by 2010, the programs had pretty much fallen apart, notwithstanding that there was then a revolution in 2014, which is what caused the Russians to decide they couldn't put up with a free Ukraine. And they took uh, Crimea. And now Vlad has gone in to take uh, additional portions of Ukraine. Why? We've now pivoted the why. Uh, I want to read something from a very liberal uh, magazine. It's The Economist. It used to be a conservative place 100 years ago and now is liberal. But Listen to their final admission. They finally talked about this. This is in the context of how sad it is that young girls in Afghanistan no longer can go to school. And that's something the left cares about now. But they forgot about the lessons that came out of Afghanistan, except this one writer writes, President Joe Biden's disorderly retreat from Kabul last year um, doomed an elected government and allowed the Taliban to seize power. That may or may not have helped convince Vladimir Putin that the West was weak and emboldened him to attack Ukraine. That's a hell of a sentence. It really is. That they're recognizing that the failure of, of uh, Afghanistan and that horrible retreat demonstrated the weakness of the West, its weakness in its commitment to world order, and allowed Vladimir Putin to decide, yes, I can go into Ukraine. Certainly, President Biden signaled that Ukraine was not worth fighting for, that the U.S. would not uh, stake treasure or people on Ukraine. And the result is that Vlad understood 
that Joe Biden had understudied under Barack Obama, who allowed the red line to be crossed and Crimea to be taken. Why not now test the theory? By the way, Russia was empowered when the red line was crossed and because of Barack Obama farming out the Syria problem to to, to to Russia. He brought Russia back into the Middle East for the first time basically since Eisenhower. That's correct. I mean, so, uh, you know, the, 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 the satrap of Iran commits a massive human human crime, massive war crime, and Russia gets rewarded. What other message are you supposed to draw if you're Russia? Exactly right. So there I've pivoted. You know, you're just old enough maybe, maybe to remember 1975. I don't know if you're old enough to remember, but you, we've all read the history books on it. Certainly. I'm older than you by a, a nearly a decade. So, I'm yes, young, I but I wasn't born yesterday. How's yes, that? Yes. I'm young, but I wasn't. Hugh, Lewis is younger yet. Uh, my only point was there is a reason 10 countries fell to the Soviet ambit orbit from 1975 to 1980, and it's because of what happened in Saigon in 1975. U.S. sneezes, free people catch colds. And, and lose their liberty. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's something very interesting going on in Ukraine, though. Um, the The Russian military is has underperformed virtually every analyst I'm aware of's expectations, including yours. Yes, absolutely. And this has a very interesting cons- uh, a concern. You know, it it still seems likely in in my and in many people I follow's estimation that. Over a period of many months, Russia may be able to occupy Ukraine. They probably are not going to be able to hold it over a very, very long time horizon, but that will then still leave their problem incomplete. That would be shoring up their borders from the uh, along the Carpathian Gap to the south and the Baltics in the north. All of those territories are NATO allies. And with a Russian military that is this weak, like this is this is, you know, uh, uh, Saddam Hussein's army in Iraq kind of weak. It's it's that level of logistical failure at every organizational level. If that military encounters the United States military, the outcome will be so brutally bad for the Russians that they have two choices: either. They have complete strategic withdrawal on the scale of which they've never seen or nuclear war. And that is what needs to concern us. Or a major cyber attack that, you know, gives us the equivalent of something like a nuclear winter. I mean, you're right. This is this is the other side of that coin is what does a cabined uh, Vladimir Putin do? That's why they have to be stopped in Ukraine before that happens. Exactly right. I'm Seth Liebson. They're the Hallmans. We're at 602-508-0960. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Hugh Hallman and Lewis Hallman are our in-studio guests, as they are almost every Tuesday in our third hour. Hugh is uh, traveling abroad in Kazakhstan, uh, so he hadn't been with us for a couple of weeks, but he is an attorney in town, the former mayor of Tempe. Lou is the managing director of uh, Inside Analytics, insideanalyticsllc.com. And uh, we uh, we were – did you want to do anything yeah, more So uh, why don't I – I'll give you quick insights from having yeah. been there now uh, five weeks out of the last eight, uh, just monitoring it, what is useful about being in Kazakhstan uh, and being as close to the Russian border as I am. In fact, the U.S. State Department warned my entire team that we shouldn't go to where we were going and we shouldn't fly the aircraft we were going to fly to uh, to the places we were. 
Um, I guess they were afraid that uh, we'd be shot out of the sky. I wasn't all that concerned about it. But um, the the Russians are spending significant amounts of uh, spare time, to the extent they have it, trying to uh, foment uh, unrest among Russians in Kazakhstan and other places. So Vlad is out there using Lewis's analysis, understanding that his own demographic is collapsing and he needs Russian speakers to be gathered around uh, the, the mother ship in order to try to hang on to that Russian tone. And that's true with their work in Af- uh, in Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan's northern portion of the country has about 35 to 40 percent Russians, uh, ethnic Russians. It's interesting that uh, they're not monolithic. It's not a there is not clear, complete support for Russia in Kazakhstan among Russian speakers. And I see that even here in the United States, the same kind of thing that that folks who are outside of that Russian um, diaspora. Well, I was thinking in the diaspora, but the outside the dome of silence uh, and getting fuller information, recognize that Vlad has not taken Russia down a good road. And that's true of, I think, a good chunk of Russian Russian ethnics in Kazakhstan. That's a great thing because it helps stabilize that country. And that country remains a good ally for the United States. Not as good as it used to be, only because the current administration did not continue to create and maintain the ties we had. The state of Arizona still is the... State Department partner for Kazakhstan and our National Guard still has people there and works to help uh, Kazakhstan secure its border and train its military to be more professional. Those are great things. Uh, we have good trade relationship between the United States and Kazakhstan, but everything is at risk. Uh, I am uh, uh, monitoring it constantly and continuously uh, because uh, it's it's crucial to the United States and the West's interests that uh, the country that's the equivalent of Mexico for Russia uh, is on, uh, not on the Russian side. That is to say, what would we feel like if the president of Mexico visited uh, Vladimir Putin, just as the former president of Kazakhstan was uh, Donald Trump's uh, guest here in the United States in 2018? Uh, those are important things to keep an eye on uh, for the West, and uh, uh, we ought to pay more attention to Kazakhstan and its future as an ally for the United States, and we do. And Ukraine should have woken us up about what uh, what's important in the world. Yes, sir. So one other uh, piece on this before we, we sort of move on to inflation, about how we got here. Um, there's a fairly by plane, long lecture by, by a guy named John Mersheimer out of the University of Chicago on YouTube. It's got about 8 or 9 million views at this point. It's very, very popular. And his explanation is effectively that this is our fault, right? That NATO was too aggressive and Russia felt threatened. And this is a nonsense argument and a complete, just just awful, awful take. And, and the reason that that is an awful take is that Vlad's position has effectively been, all right, I want NATO out of everything east of Hungary – and I would like to write their security policies by myself unilaterally. And the thing you've got to understand about this territory is we're talking about, I think, 13 countries, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, whose total population eclipses that of Russia's by about another 60 million. So that we are not just saying, sure, Vlad, you can economically, socially and militarily vassalize and enslave 
13 sovereign nations and have full dominance over their security policy is not our fault. That is a very reasonable and ethical position. And anyone who is of the notion that this conflict is NATO's fault for holding the line and defending the rights of 180 million people to self-determination is, is ludicrous. Like, that is an yeah, obscene proposition. Lot, yeah, I heard a lot of this argument early on, a little less so now, although still there are pockets of it, and I guess uh, Professor Mersheimer is still is still beating dining out drum. on it. Uh-huh. Huh? Beating that drum. Yeah, beating that drum. And, and, and what's odd to me about that argument is, yes, what you said, Lewis, but it's also it has this, tent, this, this odd tinge of blaming, blaming the victim here. What was the purpose of joining NATO in the first place? The purpose of joining NATO was to protect from, obviously, the onslaught of tyranny that emanates out of what is either Russia or the Soviet Union. And as countries were joining, uh, were joining NATO against Vladimir Putin's desires or wishes, the question became, and then they did what to him? And then they did what to Russia? NATO is a defensive organization, and as far as I can tell, never made an offensive incursion, much less had an offensive thought about going into Russia. In other words, this year, as far as Putin and Russia looking at the NATO countries, is no different than the year before, or the year before that, or the year before that, as far as his national security is concerned. With one exception. Okay. That this is the last year in which Putin will have a draftable population of any real size to be able to undertake offensive operations. That is going away and that is fueling the desperation behind the push. This was his last chance. And in fact, uh, Lou, to answer your question and the analysts overestimation, the one thing that analysts uh, didn't estimate in considering the strength of Russian military is the extraordinary level of corruption throughout that system uh, that you have. And uh, I don't know why we miss those kinds of things. When you see it in the market, when you see uh, the inability to produce goods, when you see the inability to uh, take uh, grain, put it in the ground, grow it, harvest it, and come up with a yield that makes any sense, uh, why would you think that the uh, failures wouldn't also translate into the military, so that everybody up and down the chain is taking his bit of graft and misreporting how the money's been spent all the way up and down the chain such that you end up with the results you've got, where you've got tanks that don't work, you don't have systems to supply fuel or food or anything else, uh, a military that's untrained, you've got a huge number of conscripts uh, that are undisciplined. All of that has to do with the corruption in the system, and it invaded the military as well. Sure. Not, not only that, you've got an average you know, uh, uh, private pay in Russia that is the equivalent of about $400 a month U.S. You know, it, it's nothing. But the big thing is the, the central logistical problem. Everything that the U.S. makes, it has to ship 2,000 miles across the ocean and keep running. Russia had to drive tanks across a flat plane, and they still couldn't manage it. The, 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 the point going forward that I think we have yet to understand after several warning shots is what you said, Hugh, about why we don't have the intelligence that can tell us these things. You look at the past five or six military mistakes we have made, or at least or assessed, it's due to lack of intelligence. We have gutted our intelligence abilities and community to a point that I don't even think we can say we have an intelligence community anymore. We can pick up on that, too, when you come back if we want to. I'm Seth Liebson. They're Hugh and Lewis Hallman, 602 We will be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I'm looking at a Fox Business News headline. Inflation is accelerating under Biden and it's a tax no American voted for. People don't think of it as a tax, but that's in fact what it is. Who wants to talk about the new inflation numbers? Lewis? And here's Lewis. Here's Lewis. Happy to. So uh, inflation has increased. Uh, the current data released today by the Federal Reserve has inflation at 8.5% annualized. However, um, one of the interesting uh, uh, pieces of this is that the the Federal Reserve calculates the consumer price index as a basket of goods. And as time goes on, because our economy changes, they change the allocation of the basket of goods, right? We, we consume a lot more software now than we did in the 1980s, for instance. However, if you were to use the 1980s basket of goods and measure prices with that allocation, you would actually get about a 16% rate of inflation, so enormously higher than is uh, is currently reported. Arizona, in fact, is actually leading the nation as a metropolitan area uh, in inflation. This is principally due to the fact that property prices have increased by 32.9% just in the last... You mean Maricopa Excuse County. me, Maricopa County. Um, uh, have increased by 32.9% uh, just in the last year. Is that because we're the victims of our own success that so many people want to move here? Partially. You know, the the uh, baby boomers are sort of the demographic equivalent of the pig in a python, mm-hmm. and none of them want to shovel snow when they retire, so they are moving here en masse. As are Californians. As are Californians, yes. Now, you had a really interesting thought, too, Hugh, when you heard Joe Biden talk today about the inflation being the responsibility of Vladimir Putin. uh, It is fascinating that uh, President Biden wants to pretend that he's not responsible for inflation getting out of hand. Now, I have to put some of that blame on Donald Trump as well. Um, From the beginning of the pandemic, Lewis was the one who I think gave the clearest way to think about this. The amount of money shoveled out of the U.S. Treasury to Americans and others, uh, much of it, most of it, going to large corporations, not to uh, average Americans to get their checks. Only about 10 cents on the dollar went to uh, most U.S. households. Yeah, the rest of it went to uh, large corporations that started using it to rebuy their stock like Boeing did and other companies. Uh, so it wasn't really valuable uh, to overcome the pandemic. It was uh, largesse to uh, voters who had supported different candidates. In this instance, we shoveled out more money uh, in uh, 18 months than the U.S. spent on the entirety of World War II in every form. Something like $5 trillion, dollars, I want to say. Almost tr- six. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, one should not be surprised that we have an inflationary round here. But Joe Biden sort of, to overuse the phrase, doubled down and added more money to that with his various uh, efforts to uh, print more money and kept claiming that, no, 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 this is not inflationary. Adding more money to the system is deflationary. That's all nonsense. Um, you the definition en- of inflation is literally an increase in the supply of money. Yes, correct, and and chasing the same basket of goods. But as Lewis noted a moment ago, the basket of goods the Fed is now playing with is manipulated so that uh, inflation looks lower than it uh, it is. Lewis will explain why the Fed has a reason to do that. But the reality is if one takes that same basket of goods and compares the 1980 inflation rate that uh, Jimmy Carter left us with with the now Joe Biden rate, it's effectively the same. Uh, If we're really at 16 percent inflation, that is the Carter years. 
it's it's hidden uh, by the fact that uh, some of the inflation is not being counted because it's in an asset basket that's not part of uh, the CPI inflator calculation, and that is the assets that have inflated are stocks and other investment resources and real estate, which is the reason part of the reason that the Arizona and Maricopa County housing markets are so out of whack. Um, and that isn't really taken into account as in an inflationary uh, calculation. And so we're going to have an interesting correction here going on uh, sometime in the next few months to address the fact that we've got massive amounts of money still floating around. And Lewis has two reasons. First, Lou, I'd ask you to explain uh, why it's in the Fed's interest to understate inflation. And secondly, uh, after that, uh, kind of the impact of inflation on on what's going on. And if I can ask you to do that on the other side of this break, I would appreciate it because that's a big one and we're heading to a quick commercial break. So I'm going to tee that up for Lewis on the other side. All righty. The important issue of inflation and why the Fed is jiggering the numbers Imagine that it yields to it yields to obscene profit breaks. In, in fact, in fact, it does. If you're a Fed bureaucrat trying to recount your beans, I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Hugh Holman, you set up Lewis with a great. Uh, 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 question, actually dual-natured dual question um, on inflation. So, Lewis, thanks for the patience during the break. You want to take it on? Absolutely. So the first question is, why does the Fed have an incentive to understate inflation? And the answer is fairly straightforward. Every major federal expenditure that is a is a uh, non-discretionary item, so Social Security, the Medicare, the Medicaid, just, just these big line items. Entitlements are all tied to the consumer price index. And so if you can understate inflation by a tenth of a percent over the course of a decade, you are saving yourself tens of billions of dollars out of the federal budget. So that's the first thing. The second is what is some of the consequences of this massive inflation that we've been seeing? Well, one of them Keep in mind that in Arizona, as I said earlier, we had about a 32% increase in housing prices. Rent has increased approximately the same amount in Maricopa County. And what we are, are seeing now as of February was the largest expansion in consumer credit that we have ever recorded. Now, the average economist, when polled, thought that we were going to see an $8 billion increase in total consumer credit in the United States. This is credit card debt, effectively. Instead... We got $42 billion, an enormous overshoot. This is terrifying. Why is this happening? Well, let's imagine your rent has gone up 30%, but your job has stayed the same. You're making the same amount of money, and you were living paycheck to paycheck before. If your rent increases by that much, you really don't have much of an option but to slide your credit card for some of these purchases or face eviction. Same with your food costs. Same with your gas costs. It is an un, it is a brutal feedback loop that is a highly regressive tax as well. For all of the Democrat claim to care about the weakest among us, inflation is a tax that hurts the poor worst and, and, and hits them hardest. And you, uh, I, let me, let me yeah, talk about ahead. a potential solution that's being proposed right now. In, in California, the, 
probably, I think, except for Hawaii, the most expensive state to live in in the country. As a brilliant solution. Of it course. does We're indeed. Yes. Uh, they are proposing, California Democrats, a for every household, a $200 check per car that those household that those households have up to two cars to help with gas prices. So the solution to rising rampant inflation is to in. print more money and hand it out. It is it you couldn't make this stuff up. It it's just it's about the most backwards level of policy I've ever encountered. It really is breathtaking the either willful ignorance or fiscal responsibility here. It is staggering. You know, on that point Hugh, I was going to ask you something because you said that, you know, this will shake out hopefully over the next few months. Um, the 1981 and not, not hopefully I, I'm terrorized by it because it will look a lot like the 1980-81 that's, uh, recession. That's, well, that's what I was going to ask you about because that – what? That didn't really get corrected till about 83. I mean it, it, it inflation took, it takes took, about five years to appreciate. Yeah, we didn't to, see to anything until 84 almost really. It, it, took, it took until the end of 83 for things yeah, to get turned right, around. Right, right, right. And that was bad. I think the worst, exa- worst example, then I think it's going to look more like it, uh, is the 2008-9 recession. That we had such a massive correction that we uh, had banks going under and other kinds of things that were reminiscent of the Great Depression. My concern is it's going to look similar to that. We have so much money sloshing around, uh, chasing things, and worse, we have – and this is where I disagree a little bit with Lewis. There has to be some personal responsibility here. The reason people are reaching for that credit card is uh, most of this is – really bad lessons in the last two years. As an educator, it takes a long time to create good habits. It doesn't take very much time to reverse those. And when you reward bad behavior, you get more of it. And the federal government rewarded bad behavior by paying people not to work and then continuing to pay them not to work for longer periods of time when they chose not to work. We are still in a society in which we have a huge proportion of working age people, a huge number who are still not back into the job market, that are just not participating at all. And that Mostly is Mostly young men, right? Lots Working of young men. 25 to 54-year-old men, correct. right? That's and, correct. And that is driving a huge chunk of this. And people who do not want to change their spending habits and now don't have as much COVID money or other sources like that coming in, they're sliding the credit card. So do expect significant uh, consumer defaults. And then you're going to have the rolling of how credit Death card companies from the government. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And that will exacerbate this inflation problem. By the way, is what you described with the covid bailouts that you did a few segments ago, Hugh, where you talked about how what was the percent you used, Lewis? How per- it's this- 40 percent of the money supply that exists right now is created in the last 18 months. OK, but, but the only point about the bailouts, only about 10 percent reached individual, That's exactly individual right. citizens or consumers. Wasn't that also part of a problem? And I certainly don't remember the percentages with the bailouts that came from 08 and 09. Wasn't that Correct. part of the problem? Very comparable. Too? Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's the issue with that kind of bailout. Politically, right. it's all always billed as a solution right. or a helping hand of the working man. But what it generally is, it's a, it's a reward for large campaign right. contributors right. and fat cats. Right. It's disgusting. Yeah, in the 8 and 9, you had most of the money going to large financial institutions to bail them out. Right, and right. It, it preys. It's, it's, it itself can be inflationary, right? If you never hit that zero, if you never hit your bottom and you're always inflating artificially what the bottom is, 
you're going to have an inflationary system in the get in the in the building of it, aren't you? Well, it, what, what, it, what it does is it, it preys on the, the the compassion and the financial ignorance of the American voter. It really is. You know, we 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 hear bailout, bailout, and we think it's it's you know checks for small people, right. but it never works out that way. And we continually forget the lesson every time the recession rolls checks around. Checks for Amazon and and Boeing. Yeah, yes, so imagine imagine the institutions that were benefited by lockdowns. Yeah, Amazon. Right. 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 We no, subsidized. Right. And while people were uh, screaming in New York that we need to lock down and those sorts of things, they were then ordering their food so poor people could deliver it to them. Before we have a final thought. Well done, Hugh. Let me put in a good word for our friends at Balance of Nature. Balanceofnature.com. Whole food nutrition. The Balance of Nature fruits and veggies are made from fresh whole produce through their advanced cold vacuum process. The vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients of the fruits and veggies are preserved so you get the vital nutrition in each capsule. You take it once a day. You get the equivalent of 10 servings of fruits and vegetables. I've been taking it for three years, and I attribute my uh, health to it. I attribute uh, my boosted immunity to it, my energy, and all all good things that you too can access by going to balanceofnature.com, making sure to use discount code BALANCE. We'll be right back. Thank you for spending some of your afternoon with us. Um, Lewis, you wanted to take us out with all this discussion on public policy. You had a final thought. Absolutely. So as bad as it looks here, as scary as 8.5%, perhaps soon to be officially double-digit inflation looks, as wasteful as the COVID bailouts have been, uh, and as haggard as as we seem to be going into these midterms, it's still really good to be in America because – Things are going to be a lot scarier in other parts of the world. Peru is seeing massive riots over food. The Pakistanis have voted out Ibram Khan due to surging inflation. And in Turkey, we are seeing uh, energy prices up 100% year over year and food costs up 70% year over year. Sub-Saharan Africa and the Middle East are in real trouble as Russian and Ukrainian wheat makes up the majority of their their grain imports. We might expect to see a six-fold increase in some of those markets and food costs. There are going to be famines in all likelihood around the world. You know, this is one of the first years in the last 70 in which humanity as a whole may have taken a very large step backwards developmentally. Wow. Wow. You know, when I think about that, I think about the line I'll never forget Bernie Sanders having said and doubled down on and been proud of when he said after visiting Russia, uh, then the Soviet Union, bread lines are a good thing. Remember when he said that bread lines are a good thing? I want people to understand that in the context of what Lewis just said. When we talk about alien philosophies being imported here, that's what we're talking about. That's exactly what we're talking about. Lewis, thank you. Hugh, welcome back. So glad to have you. Audience, God bless you all. Until tomorrow, thank you for being with us. We'll see you again. Class dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.